0: First point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the app and join me Wednesdays at 6 p.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. It's a big old day here in the Locked On. Blazers Studios. It's NBA trade deadline day, and your Portland Trailblazers swung a trade. I want to talk a whole bunch about the Norman Powell acquisition and what it means for the Trailblazers, how he fits, et cetera, et cetera. Then we'll close out the show just looking around the league, uh, what other teams in the sort of Western Conference playoff race, the Blazers sphere got better or got worse at the trade deadline and what it means uh, with a couple moves. A little bit of news, LaMarcus Aldridge update, all that good sort of national news stuff coming in the third segment. But let's spend some time. Let's spend a couple 20 minutes or so talking about Norman Powell because he is your newest trailblazer. The Blazers sent Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood to the Toronto Raptors in exchange for Norman Powell. No picks, no nothing, just a, a quick swap. Uh, why does this work for both teams, right? Like, let's let's talk about that a little bit first before we get in Norm's fit, etc. Um, Powell's going to leave he has a player option for next season. He's make, making about $11 million this year, $10.9 million contract. He has an $11.1 million player option for next year, but he's going to make more money than that in the open market. He's going to opt out and go get paid. He's going to be one of the top shooting guards available, if not the highest paid shooting guard available on the market. The The Raptors sort of future is uncertain. Who knows what's next with Kyle Lowry. They chose not to trade him more on that later in the show, but the uh, they clearly weren't going to pay Norman Powell. So they went out and exchanged for another free agent who's restricted. Powell will be an unrestricted free agent once he opts out. He can choose to sign wherever he goes with the Blazers will have his bird rights and they'll be able to go over the cap to sign him, but it'll ultimately be Norm's decision where he plays. He gets to make that next choice. That's not the case with Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. is coming off his rookie deal. So he'll be a restricted free agent, meaning his team extends him a qualifying offer and then has the right to match. Any offer that Gary gets on the open market, the Raptors will have the right to match and they also have his bird rights and they can go over the cap to keep. him. Rodney Hood is uh is is salary filler in this trade, quite frankly. Um you know, Rodney Hood is hasn't been very good this year and is coming off uh coming off an Achilles injury. He just hasn't gotten back. He's he's really struggled. Um if you listen to this podcast, you know that I really like Rodney Hood, the human I've really, I in my couple years around him, really came to appreciate Rodney a lot. Um, he was, he's just a good dude, uh, and I and I really enjoyed covering him, I really enjoyed just chatting with him, even when we weren't sort of doing the you know formal job type of stuff, just like bullshitting in the locker room. But it, it is what it is, like it's the truth. He is, he is salary filler in this trade, so we're not going to spend too much time on Rodney Hood. Other than for me to say, I hope it works out for him. I Hope, I hope. I hope whatever this, this next step is for Rodney Hood, I hope it's positive for him. If he doesn't get a role in Toronto, I hope that next season he can find a place to stick around and that his NBA career continues. But this trade was really about the Raptors going a little bit younger and probably a little bit cheaper. Gary, Gary Trinity is probably going to make less money than the Norman Powell in the market. And the Blazers getting an upgrade. That's why it works for both teams. I think the Raptors have a player who has more upside in the future and the Blazers have a player who's better now. So let's talk about what better now means. Norman Powell's numbers are pretty darn impressive, quite frankly. He came off a career year in in 2019-20 where he doubled his scoring average, started shooting the ball a lot better from deep, just became a much more efficient player all around and took on a much larger minute load and, and looked like he was totally capable of doing that. And then followed that with this year with being even better. 42 games, including 31 starts. He started a bunch of games and kind of played a bunch because the Raptors have had injuries and they've had COVID trouble and all these things. And they've needed Norman Powell to be the guy. And quite frankly, at, at, For stretches of the season, Norman Powell's been their best basketball player. Uh, With all due respect to OG Ananobi and Kyle Lowry, whom I love, Um, Norm's been a a freaking baller. Averaging 19.6 points, three boards, 1.8 assists, 1.1 steals, shooting 49.8% from the floor and 43.9% from three on 6.4 attempts per game. He's one of the best shooters in the league, one of the top three shooters in the NBA by percentage and attempts of a high-volume shooters. He doesn't get better, much better than Norman Powell. He's shooting better than league average at every spot, basically. He's, he's, he's better on twos, he's better on threes. He's an 87% shooter at the line, getting there about four times a night. And that's why I think... Norm is an upgrade over Gary Trent Jr. because of his ability to get downhill. I talked about this in my sort of trade deadline preview when the Blazers were linked to Norman Powell is, is while he he kind of slides into a similar role as Gary, right? Like a, he's, you know, he's a little bit smaller and we'll talk about that soon. He's, you know, he's 6'3 with long arms, but he's 6'3". Um, and he's like a three, you know, a three and D2 that'll be asked to play a little bit of the small forward spot. Uh, but, he has a downhill ability and an athleticism that Gary Trent doesn't hasn't developed yet. Gary doesn't have the the handle to get himself into the paint. He doesn't have um, the explosiveness to be an above the rim type finisher. Doesn't have the strength really yet around the rim to finish. What Gary is is an elite shoot an elite shooter and a guy who can create little mid range jumpers out of the pick and roll. Gary Trent Jr. might end up being a really good basketball player, like a long term starter in the league. Uh, he's he, he, I think Toronto might end up super happy, but I think right now, if you're talking about today and the rest of this season norman powell is a better basketball player like he just is because of that downhill juice he has an ability to get to the rim his ability to create for his own his own shot off the dribble um he's not this like elite playmaker that's kind of unlock what the blazers do but he's another guy who can get the ball late late in the clock shake his man get it get to his shots um he's a great pull-up jump shooter he's uh I've always been a Norm fan. Like, if you listen to the um, previous podcast, I said that I'm a Norm fan. And I know that's kind of like my brand is to not say that I'm a fan of Blazers. Um, But that's undeniable. I I have liked Norm before these breakout seasons because of his just sort of, just, I don't want to call it crazy, but, like, the dude just oozes confidence. Uh, After his first three years in the league, he wasn't much of a shooter. Like, he he was someone who shot the ball, but he didn't have... um, he didn't exactly have the track record that suggested he was a good shooter. Uh, he shot, you know, under thirty percent his third year in the league. But uh, year four, he he just he just has a cert- he has a undeniable confidence. Um, sometimes a little bit too much. He'll take some shots he can't take. But is I I said to a friend via uh, via text message today that that his confidence is life affirming he is someone who believes in himself um, and I you don't always love that when you're kind of rooting for a team but just like watching him on league pass I always love norm because he wears a bunch of gear he's wearing the undershirt he's wearing tights looking like he might be in his pjs and he's just launching his fearless launcher and he attacks the rim he can he can dunk in a game which is pretty crazy for a, a someone in a Portland Trailblazers uniform to be able to dunk during during the run of play uh, pretty impressive Uh, he's, I think there is an idea that he's a much better defender or I've seen it out there that maybe he's a better defensive player than, uh, Gary Trent Jr. I think that's true. Like I think in general that's true. Uh, but it's, I don't know if he's like a, this massive upgrade over Gary Trent. Trent was bad this year on defense. Uh, and Norm's numbers look better, like box score plus minus and stuff like that. I'm not a big believer in, uh, defensive catch-all stats. I think it's much easier to sort of like see how they function on the court. Um, for me, the, that that always has made more sense than sort of like looking at uh, things like defense Raptor, defensive rating and stuff like that. Uh, but just watching them both. I'm, I'm a, I'm a league pass junkie for the Raptors, even though they've kind of sucked this year. Uh, the, I think Norm's a better defensive player than, than Gary Trent Jr. I don't think it's this crazy upgrade we're going to say, wow, he really unlocks the defense. I think the Blazers are kind of selling him as that because in theory, he's a better defender than Gary Trent. And I think he will be a better defensive player than Trent. Um, I think he's an upgrade on both sides of the ball, quite frankly. It's just, um, I don't think he's... I think he's a more dramatic upgrade in terms of shot creation on offense than he is on lockdown D on defense. I think he'll, I think he'll be better than Gary at both spots. And you might appreciate him more on defense because the Blazers need more help there. But to me, the upgrade is more dramatic on offense uh, he's he is what he brings all of the things that Gary does except that he has a little more juice on offense and a little more of a pedigree of being a high level defender the Maver- or the Mavericks the Raptors have been a really good defensive team and Norm has been part of their super aggressive scrambling around defensive um plan defensive game plan and he's he he can definitely function as a high level team defender uh, i don't know if he's this elite wing stopper but he could be part of a really good defensive team and i think he'll help the blazers on that end as well as offense what i want to do in the second segment is talk about where he's going to fit uh, terry stotts addressed the media prior to their game against the miami heat on thursday talking about kind of not specifically of uh of how norm's going to fit in but he gave some hints and i will unpack those hints and talk about how i think he fits on this team moving forward but before we get there let's talk about sport trade y'all heard about sport trade it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market this is pretty amazing sports sport trade takes fantasy to the next level their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks finally a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports Making money with sports trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like just like the stock market, then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. You can sign up today at sporttrade.com, discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new way of sports trading. This is truly an evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sporttrade.com. This episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag simply the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. There's NBA games every night for the next 8 weeks. College basketballs, both men's and women's tournaments are, you know, hitting the sweet 16 this weekend, the elite 8 and then the final 4 in the championship games. A wonderful time to get on board there. If you're into if you're into ice sports, NHLs happening every night too. And they got real-time updated odds, props on almost anything you can imagine. Real-time news, real-time scores, all of that. It's just the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website. That's betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is LOCKEDON, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. You're online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So follow Locked On Today wherever you already get podcasts. All right. We talked about Norman Powell, why I think the trade makes sense for most team, mo- both teams rather, not most teams, both teams, both Portland and, and, and Toronto could consider themselves um, happy with this trade. I totally think that's reasonable, but I think the Blazers got the better player. I think the Blazers upgraded their roster. I think they got better on offense. I think they got a little bit better on defense. I think this was a good trade. Like, uh, I I don't know if I'm giving it a grade. If I guess if I am giving grade, it's like a B plus, right? Like they did a good job. Um, there's a couple questions with, with uh, Norman Powell. The first is, what is his future with the Blazers? And I think that's twofold. One, it's just financial. When he hits the open market, is he getting an four years, $80 million? And, then, and will the Blazers throw $20 million a year at him? If it's a little bit less, I've seen estimates from Bobby Marks, ESPN, that he'll be as low as 16 million a year range. I've seen estimates from John Hollinger of the Athletic calling uh, Powell probably a 20 million a year guy, 20 million annually. So that's that's a big decision, and that will come with a hefty luxury tax bill and all these things, right? But that's a decision that has to be made based on how Norman Powell performs. And to me, a lot of that calculation is how much can Norman Powell play next to Dame and CJ. It is hard to give homeboy a whole bunch of cash if he can't play big minutes next to the Blazers' two best players. The Blazers kind of built this roster thinking Gary Trent Jr. would play a bunch of minutes next to Dame and CJ. And last year we saw it. I mean, some of it was just like lack of of wing options and then in the bubble like literally no wing options Uh, but this year when there was like a little bit more options we just didn't see much of the Dame CJ Gary Trent trio obviously uh, CJ missing 25 games didn't help but they barely played together before CJ got hurt and then afterwards the Blazers while they wanted to go small and they've have kind of made it clear that that that's like the future. We just didn't see much Gary Trent next to Damon CJ. They played 61 total minutes together this season. It's just um it it just it's not quite enough, right? Like you just uh I was I was critical of this last week when when Jason Quick was on the podcast. It's like if if Gary is worth the bag, if you want to give Gary the bag, you kind of have to see if he can play next to Damon CJ. It's hard to give him a whole bunch of money if he can't play. So for me, Norman Powell's the exact same thing can he play next to Damon CJ? Because if he's a, if he's a two, if he makes more sense as a two, it's hard to see t- giving him a whole bunch of money, $20 million a year annually to play behind CJ, right? Like he has to be able to play next to Damon CJ as a, as a small forward. And that means guarding big wings. Now, Powell can, in theory, do that. He's listed at 6'4. I don't think he's that tall, quite frankly, but he's got super long arms. Um, he's an aggressive defender. Like, he, he he gets after people, gets like right up in their airspace. I think Blazer fans will like um, like that about him. But, you know, if he's being asked to guard LeBron and, and Luka Doncic and uh, Kawhi Leonard and. Paul George, like these big wings in the West, and he and and, and that's not a good fit, I think that's going to answer it. So I, one of my big things for the Blazers is play Powell a bunch next to Damon CJ. Take, yank Derrick Jones Jr. out of there. Put put uh, Norman Powell in big minutes. Let him play, you know, nine plus minutes a night next to Damon CJ. Both halves, not just at the end of the game. Let's see them both halves. See if that trio works. Because if that trio works, it really it really helps inform your decisions in the future. And if we don't get that, if Terry doesn't like that, then you just don't have the data and the decision-making is really difficult. Like, how do you decide whether he's part of the future if you don't play him a lot? I think you got to play him a lot and figure out if it works. If it doesn't work, you still have to figure out it doesn't work. Like, you've got to give it enough time to say, nope, this experiment sucks. We'll do something else in the playoffs. But during the regular season, over these final, uh, you know, 30 games for the Blazers, they they got to get Norm minutes next to Damon CJ. I think it can work. Like, I'm not, I'm not... I'm not saying it can't work. I'm just saying it didn't work with Gary Trent Jr. And Terry didn't like it. Like, he never went to it. So maybe having a vet like Norman Powell will help Gary, will help Terry be a little more comfortable with it. To that effect, in his pregame media availability, he was asked about uh, Norman Powell. The trade was official, so uh, G- Gary... Terry was able to talk about it and he said that Norm's going to help. He's going to really help as a perimeter defender and he's going to have a big minute role with this team. Like he's going to play a bunch. It's funny. I think, uh, in like the ho- offseason sometimes i don't know if neil's roster vision and terry's roster vision align but it seems like when these midseason trades happen like a la the Ennis canter pickup um their vision seems to align it seems like when he gets to the middle of the year neil says i'm assigned this dude and here's exactly the role i want you to play him in and terry's on board uh maybe that's because they've kind of you know meeting of the minds to say here's here's where we need help type of thing or maybe it's just like neil says listen dog i we got it. We got to do it this way. I, I, I have now built the roster this way. And with a smaller window, we don't have time to f- no, no fiddling, no fiddling. Okay. No figuring out if, um, if this works together. Ennis Kanter plays a bunch. And now Norman Powell plays a bunch. I think he will play a bunch. I don't think he'll start though. Starting lineup's going to stay the same. Uh, Some some news that's related to this is Yusuf Nurkic announced today on his Twitter account that he's coming back. Yusuf will be back in the lineup on Friday. Uh, Terry said he'll have a minutes restriction. But... Nurk's gonna play. Whether he starts or whether he uh comes off the bench initially, eventually I believe he'll be the starter. Uh, I, I I think once once Nurk is cleared to play his his full allotment or once his uh minutes restriction runs up against sort of the maximum he's capable of playing, say like half the game, uh, then then I believe he'll start. Um so I, I the starting lineup's gonna stay the same. Dame, CJ, Derek Jones Jr., Robert Covington eventually nurk maybe canter for the short term so that means that norm comes off the bench and for me it's more about does can norm close and that's why i'm big on this trio can norm play next to the blazers two best players because if he can then you found this intriguing three and you've got him um you know you can sign him to a long-term deal and you're you know a multi-year deal and you've kind of got you've got an you're building this identity if if it works for him so i I would like to see Norman Powell part of the closing lineup. I think the shooting with him on the court of Dame, C.J., Norman Powell, uh, Robert Covington, and and Carmelo Anthony, if they want to go small, that's like a ton of shooting and a ton of space. If they need to stay big for defensive purposes, which I I kind of feel like they might, they might – four shooters with with Nurk in the middle and his ability to pass is is pretty intriguing like I think the the upgrade offensively from Norm to Derek Jones Jr. is so significant that it, um, the Blazers who are already an elite offense will take an even bigger step and if Norm can consistently play three if he can consistently guard small forwards and play next to Damon CJ you get another cre- downhill creator you get all this offense and you don't take a step back defensively a lot of why I don't think Gary Trent Jr. was getting those minutes next to those two is because it was such a such a steep decline defensively from uh, DJ, from Derek Jones, to Gary Trent. Uh, Derek Jones has, by some measurements, one of the largest defensive workloads in the league. Like He guards stars. Uh, They put uh, Robert Covington in the help mode, and when they need to guard a star, Derek Jones is the guy who guards stars. So I think one of the big tests for Norman Powell is, can he be the guy who guards stars? If he can pay him a whole bunch of money and keep him around. But you got to find it out. you got to find out. Like, <laughs> you you have to... Um, y- you need to use these regular season games to figure out what pairings work, to figure out what the rotations work, and to figure out if Norman Powell can play significant minutes alongside Damon CJ. Because if he can, it helps for the playoffs, it helps for the future, it helps for all those things. I think there's a very good chance that Norman Powell's a rental, that he stays around for three months, helps the Blazers, and then they move on. And that's that like I I wouldn't be stunned by that but they got his bird rights they have the opportunity to go over the cap to pay him obviously there's a lot of other implications that go in with giving him a big money contract but you got to figure out what you have I think he's an upgrade I think he'll help on both ends now the sort of tricky part of the final 30 games of the season is figuring out where and how best to utilize him I think his best spot is probably as a two, but the Blazers roster kind of demands that he plays as a three. So that's the, that is the challenge for this team going forward. Like I said, I like Norman Powell. I'm a Norman I'm a Norman Powell fan. I hope it works out for him. Um, I'll try not, I am I won't let my sort of like enjoyment of his as a fan cloud, cloud my analysis or anything like that, or I'll try not to, I guess, but like I hope it works out for him because I like I've I've enjoyed watching him play. I think he's an upgrade for the Blazers and I think he'll help. Like I I I like this trade because I think it helps and um I can see why Toronto did it. Speaking of why Toronto did it tomorrow, uh, this podcast is going to post on Friday afternoon. Uh, Sean Woodley of Locked on Raptors is going to join me to give a little Norman Powell perspective. So make sure you check back for that one from a, some from a uh, a Canadian, a Canadian and Raptors media member who knows a bunch about Norman can give us some, some real insight. Uh, couldn't get Sean today because he's super busy kind of tracking down the future of the future of the Raptors and, and laying that out, but we'll, We'll, uh, we'll have Sean on tomorrow, so make sure you check back uh, Friday's show. All right, in the third segment, I want to talk about other moves that were made in the league. Uh, some other Western Conference teams did stuff, some other Western Conference teams notably did not do stuff. Who got better, who got worse, who did nothing and stayed the same? That's what we'll talk about in the third segment. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com. Y'all know rockauto.com, it's a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years and you can go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and while you're there you'll see that they got engine control modules they got brake parts they got tail lamps they got motor oil they even got new carpet you name it it's there for you and whether it's for your classic or your daily driver you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks and all of it will be delivered directly to your door And while you're browsing, you'll realize that their catalog is unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and you'll be able to choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And the prices are the best part, because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write locked on. And their how-did-you-hear-about Us box that way they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today's episode is also brought to you by the good folks at Built Bar. I've been telling you about Built Bar for what feels like forever, but ain't nothing changed. It's still the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, but now it's time to talk about. The matchups, right? Because it's time to decide who the best built, who the best tasting built bar is, or which what the best tasting built bar is. Rather, is built bar madness? That's right. The good people at Built Bar got a bracket for you, and it's time to determine the winner. Today's matchup: none other than cookie dough chunk versus birthday cake, birthday cake, a new flavor, super hot Won It's first round matchup over mocha run. It's first round matchup over coconut. Now it finds itself matched up against cookie dough chunk. Uh, This should be, this should be a, should be a good one for me. Cookie dough chunks, a winner. Both of these are new flavors. I'm, uh, you know, neither bar have I tried for a second time. I've only, I've only got one, one order of them so far, but for me, cookie dough chunks, a winner birthday cake, uh, white chocolate and unique uh, unique in their sort of brand profile but for me cookie Dough chunks a winner I'm a cookie dough guy so cookie dough's moving on if you want to vote in this if you want to vote in this poll or you want to or you want to buy some built bars here's what you do you go to billbar.com or do you visit them on Twitter at bar underscore built. And remember, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Make sure you check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still isn't a locked-on blazer's. You like this show? Chances are you want to know more about the NBA draft. So get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. They got scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness 4 days a week from draft draft experts who know their stuff. So make sure you subscribe and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, we talked about uh, Norman Powell at length. Um, I'm a Norman Powell believer. I believe this trade helps the Blazers. Uh, I think there's some other things to solve in order to figure out how much he helps the Blazers. But I think I think they got better today. Like I think the Blazers are better today than they were this morning. Right? Like they're better at they'll be better on Friday than they were Thursday morning. I, I, I think this. I think Norman Powell is a is an upgrade, undeniably. Uh, he helps. Like there's no more there's nothing more I can say than that. He'll help on both ends. He's a good basketball player. I think they got the best player in the deal. But other teams made deals in the league. Uh there was some movement around the league. Uh I want to talk about sort of not like a full-on winners and losers, but who got better and who got a little bit worse. A couple things. One, LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't seem like he's coming to Portland, y'all. Uh I talked about it last week when we were or a couple weeks ago, maybe now 10 days ago, uh when I was I did a show kind of... It seemed like LaMarcus was going to get bought out. Would he come to the Blazers? And I kind of laid out like... If he comes here, you have to make a decision of who between Yusuf Nurkic and Ennis Kanter doesn't play each night, and it seems like the Blazers don't want to do that. According to Jason Quick of the Athletic, those the Blazers believe those guys are going to help. Uh, Lamarcus really can't play the four, uh, and if he plays the the four, then Melo can't play the three. That's two guys deeply out of position. Um, Lamarcus is a center. It's just it's who it's what he is at this stage in his career. The Blazers have two good centers. I think you could make an argument that the, that he's better than Ennis Kanter. The Blazers don't feel that, and it sounds like Lamarcus Aldridge is heading to the Miami Heat. I think that's good news because it means he's not heading to anyone in the West. Uh, but he's not coming to Portland. The Blazers, after making this Norman Powell trade, have two roster spots available, and they can sign prorated veteran minimum guys and stay under the tax if they want. If they if they want to fill out the roster they can do so without being a tax team they will not be a tax team so they're going to sign minimum guys also at this late in the season you're only signing minimum contracts anyways pretty much so uh unless you have a you know a injury uh replacement deal to kind of sweeten the pot but the blazers don't have that what they have is they can sign guys in minimum deals i assume they'll add some front court help uh or, an, or another, you know, sort of best player available shooting wing type just because you can never have too many of those. But the Blazers can upgrade the roster uh, via free agents, but one of those free agents won't be LaMarcus Aldridge. Sounds like he's heading almost certainly to the Miami Heat. But other teams in the West made deals. I think notably the uh, Toronto Raptors did not trade Kyle Lowry, so that means, and he was kind of, going to end up in some some places maybe Miami maybe Philly and maybe even the Lakers were going to reroute a whole bunch of guys to different places and end up with Lowry he they they the Raptors chose not to trade him. I think that's cool because I think it's I think it's okay to just be like a pretty good team. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to be tanking or chasing a championship. You can just build like a really good team and treat players the right way. That's what the Raptors are doing. I mean, I don't know if they're really good, but they're like a solid team and and Kyle Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time and not just like trading not trading him for junk is good. It it's meaningful for the Blazers because he didn't end up with the Lakers, so they're not they didn't get better today. The Lakers stayed the same. They're a team that could uh Could use more good players because both LeBron and AD are going to be out for a while. Uh, Other minor moves, the Dallas Mavericks traded for J.J. JJ Hickson. I wish. Uh, They traded for J.J. Redick. Um uh, the Mavs just have so much shooting all of a sudden. They have chose to go all in on shooting. They they sort of flirted with upgrading their defense a little bit this year with the, you know flipping Josh Richardson for uh or flipping Seth Curry for Josh Richardson, but yeah, screw it, right? If if you if you didn't get much better at it, you might as well just be an elite offensive team. I think JJ Redick will help them. Um he's, you know, he's in that sort of Seth Curry shooter mode. He's such a good shooter that he always scares people when he's on the court. Um Nice little upgrade for the maps. Not not monumental. Not going to change anything. But the Mavericks got a little bit better. They didn't give up Wes. They gave up Wes and James Johnson and a, and a future draft pick. Like they're they're gonna be fine. Uh, they also added Nico Melli, who um, has a really fun Instagram uh, profile because he writes these nice essays in Italian. Uh, other than that, not a lot of positive things to say about Nico Melli. Uh, bigger than you think. I'll say that. LA Clippers traded Lou Williams for Rajon Rondo. Um I kind of think both of those players are not very good, but Rondo like Rondo is like playoff Rondo is a thing and he hasn't been good in the regular season, hasn't helped, you know, has been injured and hasn't been helpful to the to the Hawks. I don't think Rajon Rondo's maybe a good basketball player, but I I'm, I'm willing to wager he's going to help the Clippers in the playoffs the way he helped the Lakers in the playoffs. Like just out of nowhere savviness and 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 hustle and 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 just sort of like an elite basketball IQ will help. I don't think, again, I don't think this dramatically makes the Clippers better, but if I had to pick like which guard, which kind of like guard with issues to, to pick for a playoff roster, I'd probably pick Rondo over Lou will like I, uh, Lou will has traditionally been a bad playoff player and Rondo's traditionally been a really good one. Uh, maybe in the regular season they take a step back. Uh, but I, to me, this is like a, this is like a low key upgrade. Uh, maybe not a significant one, but an upgrade nonetheless. The team that really made a splash though, and really like legitimately got better, uh, was the Denver Nuggets. They might've had the best trade deadline of anyone. Uh, and that's right because they acquired JaVale McGee. Uh, they did actually get JaVale McGee. They traded Isaiah Hardenstein and, and a, and a future draft pick to get, uh, a little bit upgrade at backup center. Javale is was kind of like a joke early in his career, but he's like a, he's a really good backup center now. I think I think he's an upgrade for um, for them in a spot where they they could use a little bit of help. Uh, he'll help them as a lob threat. He'll help them as just like defensive presence. Um, who knows how much he'll contribute when the games really matter in the playoffs? But I think he's he's a pretty clear upgrade over over Hardenstein and over Zeke Naji and over and and over their other options there. He he helps. But then. The nuggets, they, the nuggets landed the big fish. The Nuggets swung the big one, landing Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic in exchange for Gary Harris. As a small side note, all the Garys in the league got traded today. Gary Harris, Gary Trent Jr., Gary Clark. If your name was Gary, you got a new job today. Most notably, I guess most notably for this podcast, <laughs> uh, Gary Trent Jr., but most notably for the league, Gary Harris involved in the biggest trade of the day. Uh, Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, a future pick in exchange for uh Aaron Gordon. I don't think that's a big haul. Like I don't think I don't think the the Magic got their big haul. They didn't get two first round picks, but I will say this, Blazer fans, if you're like, "Why didn't why didn't the Blazers do this?" Those players are better than a, that package is better than the package the Blazers could have put together, quite frankly. RJ Hampton is better like in terms of like what the Magic want. Like he's an upside project pick. Like he's he's a guy who might he might not you know reach his potential but he's he's what a lot of draft folks including sam vicini of the athletic think think someone who could be like a really good a starter in this league and he's a cost-controlled asset like he's on a rookie deal he's not gary trent jr where you have to pay him this summer he's on a rookie deal for the next three seasons like you have him and you can figure out what he is and then you can choose to pay him after that like he's that's valuable uh gary harris you know he's a guy who's been in decline since some injuries kind of derailed a really promising young career but uh, he's more effective to a basketball team as salary filler than Rodney Hood. Like, he's he's better than that. And the draft pick, you know, that's about equal. The Blazers could have given away a similar draft pick. Uh, it's lightly protected. The Blazers could have, you know, could have uh, worded a trade such that they had a lightly protected future first, even if they have protections on some future first round picks. But the Blazers couldn't, the Blazers specifically, they could not have had a trade, package this good so like if you're saying why didn't why didn't neil do this and he couldn't have like he this the blazers didn't have this but beyond that i think aaron gordon really 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 helps uh, the the what the nuggets need like they needed another defender he can be that he can be a big defender to guard big wings uh he will he's a much better athlete at ven paul milsap he's really started to shoot the ball well this year he's just like such an upgrade at the four over milsap in terms of he, he brings a lot of what milsap does with the with his passing ability and a sort of multifaceted game except that he's like just a better basketball player and a way better athlete a huge upgrade there i think the ability to play michael porter jr and aaron gordon on the wings um is is going to be a real boost for uh for for the uh for the Nuggets um I think the lineup of Jamal Murray and Will Barton Michael Porter Jr Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic is just really 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 tough to guard um I do worry that the the Nuggets took a step back I don't know if I worry I am I would say the concern here for the Nuggets is they took a step back in terms of guarding guards like how do they guard Chris Paul and Devin Booker how do they guard Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum like how how are how do they guard Donovan Mitchell? Uh, you know, last year that was Gary Harris. That was, Gary Harris was that guy. Uh, now it's it's. I guess it's just always Will Barton. But then behind Will Barton, it's you know, I guess Jamal Murray and Monty Morris really got to really got to uh, uh, step up and play some really good defense there. I think that I think the Nuggets took a little bit of a step back there. They're better defending on the wing. They're more athletic um, and more dangerous on at, at the front court. But their um, their guard the ability to Guard ball handlers took a little bit of step back unless Aaron Gordon can kind of morph into doing that. Um, he has guarded point guards in the past, like he used to guard Chris Paul when the Magic would play the um, play the Rockets back in the day. But that's not that's not a great option for him. So I think the real good news for the Blazers is that no one in the West, other than like Denver had the best trade, trade day of anyone trade deadline day of anyone, but I don't think anyone else in the West ahead of them in the standings necessarily had a good day. You know, LA, the Lakers didn't do anything. As I said, the Clippers made a minor move. Phoenix didn't do anything. Utah made a minor move getting Matt Thomas. That dude's not going to play, but he shoots a ton of threes and they shoot a ton of threes. So I guess he fits the plan. Uh, The, the, you know, the Denver got better, but n- Dallas got a little little bit better, a little more intriguing. They kind of leaned into their strengths a little bit, but I don't, um, you know, the Blazers got better and... And, and so did a couple teams around him. I don't think, you know, I, I don't think Denver improved so much that the Blazers have no chance of sort of hanging with them, although I do think Denver had a really good day. So I think this is overall good news for the Blazers. No crazy big splash trades. You know, Nikola Vucevic went to the Bulls. Evan Fournier went to the Celtics. Uh, Victor Oladipo went to the Heat. It's like uh, the... the the big, the bigger names, the the bigger names didn't didn't go west. They didn't land with with um sort of big threats. I think I think for the most part, this was this was good news for the Blazers because they got better and and they're counterparts in the West who got better didn't take like this significant jump over them so I think this was overall this is a productive um productive trade dead deadline day for the Blazers I think there's a bunch of questions like I mentioned in the second segment of like what's next for Norman Powell I really like him but how he fits how the puzzle pieces fit that's always intriguing to me uh like I said uh, Blazers they're literally playing right now. I'm watching the game as I record this against the Miami Heat. Then they play the Orlando Magic on Friday with Nurk that should be back. And it seems like Norman Powell, who was in Tampa with the Raptors, who are playing their season in Tampa, is likely to be on the on the court on Friday. So Friday should be a, a really telling game. Should be should be um, super interesting. Obviously, I'll have a show for you Sunday evening after the Blazers game. You know, we're talking about Norm's debut, talking about Nurk's debut, all that good stuff. That's what we do here, at Lockdown Blazers. We we come at you. Like I said, uh, tomorrow Sean Woodley is going to join the join the program. We're going to talk about what Norm was, how Norm developed for the uh, for the Toronto Raptors, etc. So make sure you catch that one. It's going to be posting on Friday afternoon on the West Coast, Friday evening, but it'll be available in your feeds all weekend. So don't miss that one. Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever we are, wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.